0: Your weekend is not complete without the First Lady of New York Radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: It's a Sunday, and that means you can listen to the Joan Hamburg Show starting at 2 o'clock. I'm very excited about today's show. My pal, Judy Collins, is coming over and... I love Judy. Judy always does amazing things. And then one of the great foodies of all time, Lydia, Lydia Bastianich, came here as an immigrant with her family and ended up being one of the great goddesses of food in the country. And we're lucky that she settled in New York. So really fun conversations with both women. And you're always a part of it. So relax, stay tuned. The Joan Hamburg Show straight ahead. And I am Joan Hamburg.
0: The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Joan Eats.
1: Before I introduce you uh, to the wonderful guests we have today, I have so many people saying to me, help, what kind of gifts are we going to send food, do you have any thoughts? Let me give you a couple of ideas because I've been doing this myself. There is a small company that I have talked about before called Flour Sugar Love, floursugarlove.com. And the two women who are behind this love to bake and they have real goodies. Little business, online bakery that ships nationwide. They have the best banana bread. I'm telling you, it's luscious. Every time I send it to someone, they like send it to whomever else they can think of. And they always call me to say, this is the best banana bread I've ever had. Well, listen to what they're doing. A trio of mini breads, banana, chocolate chip banana, cinnamon coffee cake, and it's wrapped in an adorable windowed box for $20, plus shipping. Not bad. They're doing their signature hearts and trees for the holidays in brownies, blondies, oatmeal raisin, oatmeal chocolate chip, the last day to order for the holidays, Friday, December 17th. So go to flowersugarlove.com to order. And the wrapping is so charming. It's really great. And I don't say that that often. It's something I'm very partial to. And I send it thank yous, holidays. Everyone loves it. My client, Lilac Chocolate, has six locations in New York. From Hudson Yards to the West Village to Grand Central Market, Brooklyn Industry City, Go to lilacchocolates.com and you'll be able to get all the info. It's the oldest chocolate house, literally started in the 1920s. I love their Christmas basket, their snowman, their Santa Claus. Honestly, they have lovely, delicious things. Their classic 20-piece assortment is a great holiday gift, $35 and it's, I love chocolate. It's delicious. And I'm very partial to their orange peel. Made with moist and tender orange peel from Italy. They dip their own chocolate, dark or milk. $24 for a half-pound box. Now, again, another favorite. I love, unfortunately, sweets. Enstrom's, located in Colorado, E-N-S-T-R-O-M dot com or one eight hundred Enstrom, the best toffee, or at least toffee experts say it's the best toffee in America, they've been doing their homemade almond toffee for over sixty years, fresh California almonds, sweet cream butter, pure cane sugar, covered with their homemade rich milk or dark chocolate, and sprinkled with crushed almonds. It is so delicious. Send a copper tin box filled with two pounds. It's irresistible, $53.50. Really good. Now, I told you a long time ago about a prize-winning olive oil. People love to get olive oil as a gift. A first cold press extra virgin olive oil, With elevated levels of antioxidants produced in Tuscany, distributed worldwide by Marie Charlotte Pierrot for the last couple of years, it has won the best in the world by so many different things. It's a great gift to any foodie on your list. A 250-millimeter bottle of their award-winning oil is $32.00 bigger bottles, a little more, go to oleo, O-L-I-O, dash P I R O dot com. And then I am a big fan of the Bronx's Little Italy. And my cousin, Doug Lyman, and myself, we both love the kitchen, love food. We love to shop for food. We used to go on Sundays all the time. And you can get wonderful gifts online or in-store. They have three Italian delis. Mike's Deli, which has great cured meats, cheeses, oils, pastas, right in the retail market. Go to arthuravenue.com. Joe's Italian Deli. I love their homemade mozzarella. They've been making it for over 40 years. joesitaliandeli.com. And Tino's Deli, over 50 years, great gift baskets, a special pasta, semi-soft cheeses, olive oils, balsamic vinegar, chocolates, biscotti, panettone. Go to Tino'sDeli.com. And I never go to Arthur Avenue without stopping at 70-year-old Borgatti's ravioli and egg noodles. I bring home their monocotti. I can't resist dot com and Calabria Pork Store, the last remaining pork store on Arthur Avenue, homemade meats and cheeses, their dried sausage, CalabriaPork.com and Maria's fresh roasted coffee beans and gifts. It's something wonderful. You can customize her baskets with panettone, and dishware, ceramic coffee and espresso cups, anything you want, Maria's com, And that's just a little preview of some of the gifts that I'm sending out this holiday season. So hang in. We've got a great show ahead. I'm Joan Hamburg.
0: The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg, entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: I think more than ever, we need Judy Collins, our renaissance woman. Judy over, I don't know what, half a century in the music industry, constantly on top. Books, hope. I'm telling you that when I hear Judy sing... I don't allow myself to feel, I can't take any more of this virus, I can't take my mask, I can't do this. And listen to this music, which I can't even tell you how good it makes people feel. And Judy is bringing her winter stories to the stage at the Town Hall, which is right here in Manhattan, 123 West 43rd Street. You're going to celebrate the holidays with Judy and her stories and her music and her classics and her guests. So, first with basics, how are you? You sound great.
2: I'm fine. I'm wonderful. I'm traveling to Lexington, Mass. to do a concert. I've just been in Old Saybrook for three nights at the Kate Theater, that beautiful theater that's uh, named after Katherine Hepburn. So no, I'm
1: I'm on the road. I'm cooking. You're on cooking You're work. unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I mean, nothing stops Judy. She keeps on going, and you know, to thrive like you do and have in this industry is extraordinary. And you started when you were a kid. Your musical. I was a
2: kid. Yeah, I started. Uh, well, I was always playing and practicing the piano and playing with orchestras and so on. But I found folk music at uh, 16, 15 and a half. And I started this professional route in 1959. So I've been doing this for
1: 60 years. (laughs) Right. Unbelievable. And you started doing all classical stuff until you heard folk music.
2: Yes, I did indeed. Which gives me a lot of tools to do all kinds of music, you know, everything, anything that I set my heart on, I can sing if I put my mind to it and try to figure it out on the piano as
1: well, which is, comes in handy a lot of the time. No, but you know, when you think, and Judy has written her books and her life story, the impact that you've had Not only on music, but on the music of so many people. I never get tired of hearing the Sondheim story with Send in the Clowns. I mean, people still go, what? That happened? (laughs) You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've had those miracles all along. You know, starting out with Leonard bringing me his songs, which nobody else had heard. And Joni singing me both sides now on the phone in the middle of the night. Mm. And uh, and uh, Sondheim, my friend Nancy Bacall bringing me the album with Little Night Music with Sending the Clowns on it. I never would have found it. So
1: miracles are always happening. Right. And the fact is that when you heard that, you said, I got to do this. I'm yes, definitely doing this. And people said, <laughs> well, all the people have done it. Why do you want to yeah. do it? And you wouldn't take, no, I'm doing
2: it. Yeah. I'm doing it. Hal Prince said to me, you know, 200 other people have recorded. I said, I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, but it became yours with Send in the Clowns. And it, it was did just, and, right?
2: It did, and God is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Judy Collins is good, Somewhere too. Somewhere a light is shining. <laughs> right. And what about when Joni Mitchell... Was a young writer that almost no one really knew. Nobody knew her at all. No,
2: and she was a nobody, and she was hanging out at the bar with uh, Al Cooper, and uh, she told him she wrote songs. This was 1967, and he said, "Oh," and then he followed her home and called me up at three in the morning and said, "This girl does write songs." and She just played me one, and you have to hear it. And then he put her on the phone, and she sang me both sides. Now, can you imagine? No,
1: no one knew who she was.
2: You were she might have been twenty four or
1: something like that.
2: Yeah, and you
1: were a kid too, doing all this stuff. I was a kid. I was a kid. Yeah, (laughs) I'm still a kid at heart. (laughs) you, You know what? You are a kid. With that yeah. gorgeous hair and that voice, <laughs> you are. How many times have I gone over to the Carlisle? Oh. And, which is my favorite in many ways because it's so intimate. It is. And just, it is. just sit there surrounded by this incredible music. But what I mm. never got, no matter what's happened, and like everyone, you've been through a lot in life, but that Judy Collins optimism should be bottled and you, yeah I've got
2: to bottle it you gotta
1: call it a perfume <laughs> or something or, or a diet drink yeah have a taste of optimism yeah that exactly. would be a good name for a food product it would be indeed so but you do you do have that and no matter what it's there with you even yes, it now is. during this pandemic. It is.
2: Yes, you have to be. I mean, think of all the things that our parents went through. Think of all the things that people go through in their lives. In a way, yeah, we have something terrible happening, but we have so many resources that people before us didn't have.
1: It's true. I mean,
2: and by the way, as simple a thing as a mask... You can get a hold of when you need it.
1: Exactly. I know. A mask and a shot, and you're good to go. <laughs> That's exactly... That, <laughs> it's called optimism, but That's it right. works. You're right. That A mask... At a shot. And, and there you go, schlepping you go. all over America. I mean, and usually I would say I'd call and someone would say, oh, Judy's not here. I'd say, where? Australia. She'll be home later. <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's, right. that's you. No that's place right. is too far <laughs> to go and that's do right. that.
2: So, That's right.
1: Lucky, know, lucky me. Lucky, lucky life. Well, lucky all of us because yeah. we've got all this stuff because of you, and still well, and still living this life. And you,
2: God, God bless you. You have been there through my life so many, many, many years, well, and I'm grateful to you and to your audience who is so lucky to have you, and you who are a, a constant in. Your audience's lives. I love that about you. You, too, sustain and remain interested and optimistic and letting people know about things they need to know about.
1: Right. That's we care. Even food. I learned so much from you. About eating and all this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first, we said Judy's not going into the whole food thing, right? Wrong. Yeah. She knew she started <laughs> researching all this stuff about food. Yeah. And gained control of the beast, which bothers so many women.
2: I know. That book, Cravings. You know, the best part of that, well, for me, was telling my story. But the best part of it was finding out about all these people. Lord Byron had a problem, and the first king of England had a problem, and so many people, and they wrote it, they thought about it, they talked about it, they, you know. Uh, it was, it was uh, something that I looked into and thought about a lot and did research on. I love to do research. I know. So that was fun for me.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about the concert. On the Town oh, Hall, because oh, it's coming up soon, and we want people to go.
2: It's the 17th of, of uh, December, Town Hall, one of my favorite stamping grounds. And I will be on the stage with my pals that I made this album called Winter Stories. The Chatham County line will be there, and, um, and uh, Toshi Reagan will be there. So we'll do some things together, and then I'll do some solos. I'm going to sing Joni Rivers' song, River, (laughs) Joni Mitchell's song, River, just so you'll hear it. And uh, there will be wonderful moments. I'll do this on time. Of course, I'm going to do Sending the Clowns in his honor. Right. And uh, I always have a great time at Town Hall. It's a special, special place. Beautiful acoustics, wonderful people there, Uh, very, very nice dressing room.
1: (laughs) Which is helpful. (laughs) <laughs> that makes a difference.
2: So, we'll have a good time and I hope that you will all come of to course, hear me.
1: We all want to hear you. And don't forget that Judy has written so many songs for so many people and talking about Joni Mitchell and some of what you're singing, you wrote what people a lot of people think is one of the greatest songs, Albatross, about oh, your my. relationship.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I think that I'm going to do Albatross that night. I think it's a good way to celebrate being back at Carnegie Hall. And by the way, my new album, which is coming out in um, February 25th, I hope I can talk to you about it sometime at length. It's all my own songs and all the new songs that I've written during the pandemic. Wow. So I'm excited about
1: that. So the pandemic, in many ways, you worked and really got a lot done. Most of us, I used to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to finish my book. And you know what? I did nothing. I ate, (laughs) baked. I couldn't make myself do anything like that. And I kept thinking, a year and a half, what happened to me?
2: (laughs) But you. I was, uh, well, I was going to declutter as well. Did you? But I
1: did work. uh, (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I know the same way, a little bit. (laughs) Not enough to make a difference. Not enough, not enough. (laughs) I know these things are part of us, and it's hard to know where to start.
2: Well, exactly, exactly.
1: My kids gave me an organizer as a present. Oh. She was perfectly lovely, but she was an organizer. And she was throwing out all my stuff. Oh, right. It was, you know, it's very hard to declutter. It's hard. It's a hard
2: thing, I know. I'm going to get a hold of that declutterer that you used. I'll call you up. Yeah, I'll send it. And
1: she was good at decluttering. I wasn't. That was the problem. Yeah. I would have clothes from Barnett College. She'd say... What are, what are you doing with that stuff? I said, well, you know, I might fit in it again. She said, not in your <laughs> lifetime. And she would, like, shame me. I'd say, oh, I love that dress. She said, you wore that dress in 1965. <laughs> throw it out.
2: <laughs> I always look at these closets, and then Catherine says, you can't throw those things out. They're gonna somebody at a museum is gonna want them. Well, so I hold on. To them.
1: <laughs> it's true. They will want them because your stuff I'll will be, reflect. I'll be, in a mu- I'll be in a museum someday, <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> no, you're going strong, and you know what I find amazing. Your voice still sounds so strong. You have no issue of singing for like sixty years. it, yeah. it doesn't show any strain.
2: I know, it's got to be a combination of DNA and my my ancestors, All they all sang.
1: Right, your daddy was a, a
2: musician. Yeah, a great, great singer. He never had, he never, well, he studied, you know, he studied singing when uh-huh. he was in college. And I studied, too. I had a great teacher. So I think it helps to have somebody tell you how to do it.
1: Yeah, without question. Did. Yeah. But he. when you turn to folk music... Was he happy or upset that classical? Was oh, he not- was
2: very happy because you know he used to sing the he sang he'd sing Danny Boy and other Irish and English songs. So he loved that music. He loved the melodies. He loved the old, the traditional songs. So he loved it anyway. He loved the best of uh, Broadway, the best of uh, Rodgers and Hart.
1: No, and he was a radio guy, which is why I always was yeah. interested from the beginning yeah. in your yeah. story. And he had definite eye problems and seeing problems. He was legally blind, right? He was blind, yes. He was completely
2: blind from the age of four. So, oh. in fact, he was – one one time his friends in Seattle, they were all getting together in 1942 – when the draft had started, and the other guys were, always, were all getting drafted, and he went down to the draft office and got a certificate that said that he was A1, well, except for the fact that
1: he couldn't see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a minor inconvenience. A minor William. inconvenience, exactly. I know. And, and it didn't stop him. He kept doing no. everything.
2: No, he was amazing.
1: But you know what? You got that from him. You're amazing. No matter what things happened in life that a lot of people would not be able to get over, you just have that steely wool, and you got over that.
2: Yeah, I did. The worst, of course, was my son's death. My son's death. And he was a suicide. And, you know, you just... You don't get you over get it so over. much as you get through it and you go on with your life. And every once in a while, you fall apart. So, but isn't that life? I mean,
1: you know, that's it's, life. And you it's life gave every once in a while, right? And the gift of his life, you gave life to so many people by being open and revealing and sharing the anguish and the joy at the yeah, same time, and that was extraordinary. To. I had to write that book.
2: I had to. There was nothing else around, you know. No. There was, there was the Savage God, which is a horrible, horrible reading experience. But, um, and it's all about Sylvia Sylvia Plath's suicide. Right. But it doesn't. It, the problem with that book and Alvarez, who wrote it, is that it it doesn't talk about solutions. I like solutions. Give me a solution. And I've got something to hang on to,
1: right? And then in turn, you so pass it on. So that's to why us. I had
2: to re- had to re- write re- write that book
1: really had to. Well, I'm glad you did. Don't forget everyone, Judy Collins December 17th at the Town Hall right in the heart of Times Square at 123 West 43rd Street. Judy, you'll come visit me again. Happy holidays to you I and yours. You. I, love I love you. Happy holidays, Joan. I love we'll you talk dearly. Soon. Okay, Thank honey. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Judy. Bye-bye. I'm Joan Hamburg and you're listening to WABC.
0: The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg, entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: I always love talking to Lydia Bastianich. And Lydia is an Emmy Award winning public television host. She's a best selling cookbook author. She has restaurants. She owns a food and entertainment business. I'm sure you've eaten in Becco in New York City. And I'm sure you, we were talking earlier, our producer, about Italy, his favorite, and one of my favorites, too. And Italy's are not only in our town, they're everywhere. And to add to all this, Lydia has her own pastas and sauces, which are sold all over. She's written a zillion books. I can't even tell you. She does so many things and doesn't even look tired. And now, Lydia has a something new, which is great. She has, we'll call it a documentary, and it's something near and dear to her heart. It's about America, and it's incredible how people get through it, how they come to this country, and all the amazing things that they do. <laughs> So, Lydia, I'm always so happy to talk to you. And of Oh, course, my pleasure, Joan. And you've got the new special in December 14th that looks at people from rural to big cities all across this country who have gone through unbelievable hardship. And through sharing life, love, food, they have really achieved something extraordinary. It's all about resilience and giving back. So tell me, what made you decide to do this? You had done something like this a while ago. This one's different. Yes,
3: Joan. I've been doing, you know, I have my regular Lydia's Kitchen, my cooking show on PBS. But for the past 10 years, I've done a special right around Christmas. And it's my way in a way of thanking America all the people of America and the opportunities that I have and sort of really bring to light the fact of you know how we as individuals and especially how here in America we do have the opportunity and we need to go forward and we need to help each other and you know we need to be resilient and especially in these times you know with COVID resilience has sort of gotten to to a lot of us, do we have it, don't we, can we make it through? Well, here are four examples of people that really had uh, obstacles in life and have come out successful. And I just, I love, love sharing this, the emotion, because you know, you just said it, Joan, I I had my share of, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, difficult times, and here I am, you know, I'm happy. Um, I feel fantastic. I was given so many opportunities, and I
1: thank God, and I thank America, and I thank everybody. Yeah, and you and you recognize them. That's always the part that, to me, is so important. You know, every now and then people get luck or are lucky, but they don't say, hey, hello, luck, and embrace it. They're afraid. And or share they, it. Right, or they let it go, but you went for it. Cooking In your little kitchen, I was describing to someone how you'd go to the garden to pick the vegetables for dinner. I mean, you never probably at that stage in life dreamt that you would have a Lydia empire with the family years later. But you did it. No matter what stood in your way, you stepped yeah. over it. Right. But I also had
3: the support of people just like you, Joan. You were there in the beginning, you recognize that I had this passion, that maybe I had potential, and all along the way, we know each other. I think thirty years right, or more. A long time. You have been there. You have recognized everything that I did, and you know what that does? That propelled me to go on. It gave me strength. I says, you know, real the American people, the journalists, the radio announcers, somebody the stature of Joan Hamburg, they <laughs> appreciate what I do. And that gives me strength. And in this special, Joan, I want to share uh, uh, especially some of these little stories quickly. There's a young man, and they, this young man was a was, uh, uh, sommelier at Solidia. And he worked for me for about a year and a half. Then, you know, they move on in the industry. Right. Uh, and sadly enough, he had a car accident about two years after he moved on and became a paraplegic. He became uh, paralyzed from the waist down in a wheelchair. Well, he loved the restaurant industry. His father was in the restaurant industry, and he pursued that. In a wheelchair, mind you, he found jobs as a sommelier. Ultimately, he wanted to open a restaurant. And you know what? About six months ago, he opened a restaurant, Contento, up in in Harlem. And the restaurant is very... uh, for people with disabilities, facilitate. It's uh, You know, you can come in with a wheelchair. The bar is low enough that you can just slide in with the wheelchair and still be face-to-face with the bartender. You can, uh, you know, he, had a, he has a braille menu. He got married. And he is so happy. He achieved, he overcame, and he has now his restaurant. And it's a wonderful story. Uh, Yannick Benjamin is his name. And, uh, you know, this young man was a handsome young man when he worked for me and right. ran up and Had down the everything. stairs. Mm. And you see, he overcame, and he's happy. He's married. He has he has done something. He has taken his disability, if you will, and make it positive for himself and yeah. for all the, the other community. people out there.
1: When you know what, when people feel well, if for an example, you have a guy who was convicted in, and ended yes. up in jail. And you would think if that ever happened to anyone and you knew it was wrong, how do you get over that? He, what, almost 10 years in jail, and yet when he got out of jail, he became a lawyer. He became an advocate for those who are, as you say, underserved. Like, I wonder how do people, how are they so good that they can forgive?
3: I, I was amazed at his attitude. This is a young man that at 17 he was convicted of a sexual, uh, whatever conviction, which he didn't do. And after 10 years of him being there, working with other attorneys and whatever, he proposed, you know, he really showed that he wasn't uh, 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 culpable for what they did. Uh, 10 years after, 10 years from 17 to 27, the best years of his life, he was in jail. And then he comes out. And he doesn't have a ounce of of antagonism, of sadness, of regret, regret or, or animosity. He's positive. He went on. He helps young children. And you know what brought us together is because he said that while he was in in in, in, in incarcerated, his strength came from remembering his grandmother and the smells and what she cooked. And he just loved to get out. And just be
1: able to cook. So we cook together. He's now married. He has a great book out. And it's a wonderful story. And it's really amazing. And how he became a lawyer with all that is unreal. Ab- absolutely. But you
3: see, resilience. You've got to put your mind. You've got to be positive. You can't dwell in, in, in hate and regret. And you have to put that behind. Because, you know, Joan, those sentiments whether you're anger, whether you hate or whatever, those are sentiments that you, you sort of project towards other, but they
1: remain with you, and they hurt you as a person. So forget, forgive, and move on. Right, and you talk about a, a guy whose business didn't survive in 2008, and, you know, unlike locking himself up and saying, woe is me, I'm done, he started working free, volunteer, at a Harlem school and changed the life of so many people, including his own. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, I went to visit. He has he took these plots in Harlem
3: that were abandoned, that were junk plots, if you will, that were, uh, you know, uh, uh, an obstacle to the kids that would want to play in there. He cleaned them all up, developed gardens. Gardens in Harlem that really produce produ- uh, mm, product, real stuff. And yeah. uh, I think he does now five hundred thousand pounds of product. He distributes to the Harlem community a year, mm. free of charge, and he has the community itself being part, helping. And here, where there was sort of uh, uh, this this uh, mm. bad-looking, kind of garbage-looking plot are blooming with flour, with products, with squash, with green beans, with basilico. It was wonderful to see. And, you know, it gives gives a lot of jobs also to the people in the neighborhood.
1: And you know what, Lydia? Watching this and and all the things you do, but this one really touched hearts because whether it was a vet who was a sniper and like so many people who served when they come home, they're lost. They don't know mm-hmm. what they're going to do because when you're in the Army or the Navy or the Marines, you're very organized. You have a purpose. You're mm-hmm. told what to do, and you do it. But he was a guy who his mission, he had no idea what he was going to do. And when he heard about Haiti, he brought other vets in and to fly down and to help. So I love meeting these people through you and through documentary.
3: Well, it's my—it's you know—I really have a good time in doing that and in, uh, sort of featuring these people. First of all, connecting with them, you know, I'm a simple person, a chef, you know, I'm now, and and not yet so you simple. know connect. this this connection, you know, food is my connection. You would say, you know, how do you connect with all these people? Well, food ultimately, you know, we cook together, we eat together, whatever. But, you know, I have a soft spot for veterans. And you know my story of uh, escaping communism and whatever. So I know what freedom and really democracy means. And these veterans go out there and are willing to put up their life on the line so that America could have the freedom, so that America, you know, and I am part of this freedom. You know, I was given this great opportunity. So I have a soft spot for veterans. And this young man, he really, you're right. You know, they do need a purpose when they come out because they are so so sort of regimented when they are in the army that sometimes when they come out, they get lost. And, And, you know, what do I do now? And so he has gathered a lot of the veterans and together they, got, they went to Heidi, Haiti when, when the, 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 the big uh, earthquake uh, was and so on. Now they go around America and build homes, rebuild homes for people that are uh, left homeless during the hurricanes or whatever. And it's amazing what they're, what they're accomplishing.
1: And I'm talking to Lydia Vassianis. Lydia celebrates America. So. You're busy as can be. How is the restaurant business? Is it coming back strong? It is. It is, uh, John, the restaurant business. You know, people want to be together. People want to
3: socialize. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the best place is actually to share at a table some food with, with your friends, your family. So the restaurants are coming back. And, uh, you know, now I, in total I've been 50 years in the business. So my kids really are taking over. And you and I have discussed this. Our kids and how they go forward because, uh, you know, you know my kids since they were small. And uh, Tanya and Joseph. Are uh, artists, you know, Yeah. And they are running the business. They just opened uh, uh, a sandwich shop on, on 8th Avenue and 46th Street. Al Antico Vinayo. This mm-hmm. is a, a, a guy that does in, in Florence a wonderful sandwich. And so they're growing in a different way. But restaurants, people want to socialize. People want to be together. Uh, and, you know, today what's amazing, and I love it, is that this new generation is very conscious, very conscious about good food, about nutritional food, about food and the environment. So it's 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 really wonderful to see. Uh, it's going on, it's going forward. A little different than maybe, you know, those, those three-, four-hour dinner uh,
1: restaurants, but it really is uh, uh, buzzing. I'm so happy because, like you... To me, restaurants are theater, you know, with the good food, with the convenience, with the companionship. I always feel like I'm on a great adventure whenever I eat out. And we all, or most of us, love food and so many of our life occasions. Lydia, which was like one of the first major restaurants I started eating at when I came to New York after you opened it, after the little restaurant In Queens, but when my son got engaged, we were at Lydia's. You know, we Mm. celebrated so many life occasions there uh, during the early years. So restaurants play a major role in our life. And you're still going full steam. Yes, you know, I am. I left a lot of the restaurants, but I. I go there. I do special
3: dinners. I, you know, taste. We taste together. We look at the menu. But they are running the show because, as I said, fifty years is a long time to be behind the ranges in a restaurant. It's hard but, on the you know. knees. Absolutely, I have two new ones I know, and you've done well with the new ones <laughs> Yeah, 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 I'm doing okay But, uh, you know, I'm uh, just My book uh, just came out in October Lydia's A Pot, A Pen, and A Bowl And that's doing well So, you know, a book requires t- to go around To do book right. signing, to do a lot of Zoom events I have another one in the works I uh, I just uh, uh, finished my new set of shows Lydia's Kitchen on PBS So Very and Very successful and, and then this special, so there's a lot for me to do. And, uh, you know, I'm spending some time, trying to spend some more time ever more with my grandchildren because they're big now, you know, like yours, you know that. Right, and, and they love they, to cook too. They love to cook, and they're not around grandma all the time. So when they come, now they're going to come for the holidays. we got to plan things. we got go to go to a show. we got to do some cooking. So that's, uh, I want to do much more of that.
1: Now, are you doing Christmas at your house, or the yes. they grown-up children are?
3: Yes. No, no. Well, my son is doing Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day, uh, I'm doing My daughter's going to help me, and the grandkids would all be around. You, you know, Joan, uh, this is going to be the first Christmas without my
1: mother. I so, know. It's so too sad. Your mother was such an amazing human being. Oh, my God. You know, and so and so, they all
3: wanted to be in the house where she was. That's my house, you know, in my right. house. So we are all here. You know, Joe, I have to share share with you what happened on Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving again, that was the first Thanksgiving without her. We right. all gathered. The media family gathered at my table. And then, uh, you know, when they were finished eating, I told them how much grandma appreciated because they would come. They would come and visit her. They would call her. They would hug her. How much she appreciated how they acknowledged her. And then we went around the table and said, do you guys have stories to share with us about Grandma? And each one told the story of
1: them and Grandma. And it was Grandma, it was like Grandma, was like there. my mother was there at the table. Well, watching your TV show, even sometimes you will put clips of your mother there, but even when you don't, her presence is such a presence there that we yeah. sense her, her her funny, her advice, her tasting, you know, her passion for yeah, really yeah. good food. Well, you know, she lived with me in my house. She had her own little
3: apartment. So for, for all that matters, she's still up in that apartment for me sometimes, <laughs> you know. I, sense,
1: I really sense her around, to tell you. She, spiritually, she's here with me. No, without question. And it's an amazing family. And I still remember when Joe, Joseph, your son, you only wanted him to go to business school. You know, no (laughs) food, no cooking, business school. And he was a student, and he went to business school, and it lasted five minutes. Exactly, exactly. I think uh, not even a a whole year, or maybe 14
3: months. And then he came, I remember, at the bar at Philidia, and he told me, he says, Ma, I quit. I says, what do you mean you quit work? You know, I figured, okay, he's going to want (laughs) to... Yeah, yeah, not already. And I said, what are you going to do? He says, well, I think I'm going to hang around here. You know, that was for Lydia. And I said, oh, my right. God, what does he mean by that? He yeah. said he wanted, he wanted to get into this business, and so he did.
1: Amazing, right? And did brilliantly at it.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's so. a very good businessman. You know, he can really foresee trends. And, and you know, uh, as, a, as a mother, you know, the fact of – the two siblings are collaborating and collaborating well together. It's such a gratification for me because, you know, you're always afraid. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy no. for a mother and and, and and children to get along in business. I know how it is. So for two siblings, but thank God, you know, Everyone I'm staying out of it. Yeah, they're getting along. Well,
1: I love talking to you. Lydia celebrates America. Overcoming the odds December 14th on PBS just check your local station, and we yes. have 13 in this area, and 21. But it's everywhere on PBS, so you're going to find it. Yeah. Here. It's uh, it's at 8 or 9 in the, in the evening. I'm not sure which oh, one. Okay. Perfect. It's perfect. So you've got all kinds of exciting things in your life. Any new food products? Uh, no, I'm working with my... The sauces, we
3: are really, the sauces are doing quite well. Mm-hmm. So we are doing uh, 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 now a new sauce that it's a little bit intensified with, with onions. On on, It has a little bit on, like a marinara, right. but with onions. And so so we are working on, you know, they're all organic. Uh, we are, you know. No, they're all, delicious. Uh, I've used yeah, them all the time. Yeah, yeah. So we are, and they're doing very well. So we are really extending that line. People are really appreciating the fact that they are organic, they are kosher, they are all, you know, all all the sensibilities that people might look for.
1: Thank you so much, Lydia. I can't wait to talk to you again. Have a wonderful holiday with the family. Lydia Bastianich. Big hug, John. Thank you. The same to you and your family. Bye-bye. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. That was Lydia. You can watch on the 14th. Lydia celebrates America. Special. Makes you feel good. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WAVC.
0: The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Ask Joan.
1: Every year at this time, people say to me, We want to come in Christmas Eve, maybe Christmas Day, look at the tree, take the kids, maybe do the store windows. Where can we eat? Big question. You know, it used to be people ate home on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but now eating out is a big deal. Let me tell you what we found. They're not cheap, a lot of them, because they've been under the covers for the last almost two years but Ruth Chris Steakhouse is doing a takeout menu so that you can eat out at home and they're doing a celebration feast for the holiday 195 but it's for four people and it includes roasted beef tenderloin a starter two sides and personal cheesecakes not bad and it's available every day through December 31st. And they're all over the place. Now, a lot of the locations will deliver. They're in Manhattan at 148 West 51st. They're in Parsippany, New Jersey, Terrytown, New York, Weehawken, New Jersey, Jersey City, Paramus, New Jersey, Garden City. So know that that is an option and divide four into 195. And for delicious. They have very good food. Fresco by Scotto, a restaurant near and dear to our hearts at 34 East 52nd Street. They're closed Christmas Day, but on Christmas Eve, it's become a tradition for many families to go there and celebrate with the Scotto's. You know, one of the daughters, Rosanna, is the anchor of Fox 5. We've known the family forever. We've shared many of our holidays with them. And this Christmas Eve is $60 a child and one seventy-five for adult. They're doing a night of seven fishes with shared appetizers for the table, three-course price-fixed dinner, and everyone starts with grilled pizza margarita, Delicious. And antipasto pasto to share. And then you choose your appetizer, your entree, your homemade tiramisu. And it's just a warm, loving place. And the Scotto's are special. Ed's Lobster Bar on Grand Street. They're bringing back their Feast of the Seven Fishes. Very traditional for Christmas Eve. And you can eat in, take out, or have it delivered. You have to place the order by December 22. The seven fish feast is 130 a person, and you need at least four for takeout. Go on to lobster at lobsterbonnyc.com or 212-343-3236. It's, it's good food. And then, Ilbuco Almentari on Great Jones Street, and Albuco Almare on Main Street in Amagansett. They offer the feast of seven fishes, one hundred fifteen dollars. And if you want a more traditional, well, that's traditional. But if you want a different Christmas Eve dinner, let me give you a couple of thoughts. Elili Restaurant at 236 Fifth Avenue. Wonderful Lebanese food, I-L-I-L-I. Christmas Eve dinner from 5 to 9.30. Three-cost menu, one fifteen per person. $40 for children, and you can pick it up too. Philly mignon, scallops, halibut, a special lamb, wild mushroom, risotto. One of the prettiest places is Tavern on the Green 67th Street in Central Park West Christmas Eve 5 to 10 Christmas Day 9am to 10pm four course price fest menu 135 children's menu 65 and really lovely and it's so festive 212 877 8684 67th Street you can go in on Central Park West. And in Harlem, Red Rooster, a restaurant we love, 310 Lenox Avenue, has a Christmas menu, family style. Everyone gets the same thing. $57 a person. Trust me, in New York City, that's a bargain for a top restaurant. Cornbread deviled eggs, short ribs, all on the table. Cheesy grits, collard greens, Roasted vegetables, garlic mash and holiday sweets. It's lively, it's fun, and they're great food people. How about Chinese food? Numwa has three locations. It has it's and we love Namwa's. Thirteen Doyer Street, regular menu, very reasonable. Namwa Nolita also Christmas Eve closing at 5 on Christmas Day, no reservation. And in the lower level of Essex Street Market in the food hall, 115 to Lansing, on Christmas Eve to 10 p.m. closed Christmas Day. And Five Napkin Burger, they have four locations in the city Open on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, regular menu, all-day brunch. Go to 5, the number 5, napkinburger.com, and if you want to eat outside, they will take care of you and do that. So that's just a couple of thoughts, ranging from the very expensive to a burger, but basically People want to come, see the beautiful things, celebrate. Not everyone wants an enormous Christmas dinner. Okay, everyone, enjoy. We're coming up to the 3 o'clock. Boy, it goes fast. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll do this again next Sunday. We do it every Sunday starting at 2 o'clock. I'm Joan Hamburg. Thanks so much for joining me.